Welcome to Great Stories with Charles Morris. Thank you for listening and subscribing and even commenting on this podcast that takes the best interviews from the Haven Today radio program and shares them here in long form. Today, we're going to hear from Elise Fitzpatrick. We've been including shorter segments from this interview on the radio program all week, but I'm sharing the full conversation with you from start to finish in this episode. Elise has written one of the best books on heaven I've ever read called Home. And part of the reason this tops my list is because she never loses sight of the central truth that heaven is our true eternal home. And there's more about this place than we can ever imagine. Elise helps us speak through the cloud of uncertainty surrounding heaven in this interview, based on what we can learn from the Bible. I know you'll discover and find new hope, whether you're young or old or anywhere in between. This is something all Christians should consider. Let's get started. Welcome to Haven Today. We're going back to a friend of mine who we haven't had on the air in a number of years, but she has written probably one of the best books ever written on heaven, Elise Fitzpatrick. You've got a theological bent. You're a Christian counselor. uh, You speak at conferences all over the place, but I want to welcome you back to Haven today. Thank you, Charles. That's so kind of you. I'm so happy to be with you. Over this last year, when death has touched more of us than probably ever before, uh, old and young alike, would you just talk to me about the concept that you have taught and written on, that heaven is our real home? Yeah, this has been a year when I would suppose if we were ever going to be thinking about heaven, it would have been now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm thankful to have the opportunity I think that for many of us, we, when we think about heaven, we either think that it's something so nebulous, so mm, up in the sky somewhere, who knows, mm-hmm. that it doesn't really resonate with us. We also, many of us, have gotten fairly bad teaching, perhaps not mm-hmm. from the pulpit, but from popular books about uh, what the afterlife will be like. And um, then of course, for many of us, we, we just feel like, well, I, you know, I'm gonna make it through today and then I'm okay. And I just gotta worry about what I gotta do today. And, and we don't think about the fact that in fact, most of us really are suffering from something I call homesickness, mm. that we're really longing for the place that we were meant to be and this isn't it mm-hmm. i mean if there's ever been a year when we knew that this isn't it this isn't it um but we we long for that but a lot of times we we don't let ourselves lament the way we should we don't let ourselves think about it and because we don't let ourselves think about it then we cram all sorts of stuff into our lives social media netflix food I don't know, <laughs> but whatever, we cram all this stuff into our lives because we have this sense that things aren't right and that we need to, we belong somewhere else. And yet, um, we're not really quite sure where that is. Mm. 
you have grandkids and I have grandkids and and we've got a lot of younger Christians who work in our office and I guess if I if I set them down they would think of what they have heard from an older generation about heaven frankly sounds boring to them yeah they're followers of Jesus yeah. but they think I'm not sure I'm ready for this if it's that boring uh, do you do have you encountered that yourself well, of course. Um, you know, I, I, I think that generally we haven't let our imaginations get fired up at all about what heaven is going to be like or what the afterlife is going to be like. And so what generally what people think is, well, basically what the afterlife will be like is floating on a cloud with a harp maybe not quite that cartoonish, but sort of floating around and, and spending uh, and our eternity in a worship service in, at church. And listen, Charles, you know me. <laughs> I love church. I've been going to church really every Sunday, well, even virtually <laughs> yes. for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love church, which I do, if that's eternity, then mm, not so sure. Not that I don't love church, but I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's what the new heavens and the new earth are going to be like. And I think it's important for Christians to understand that really there are two stages of the afterlife, which generally speaking, people don't understand. And so when we talk about where we go when we die, and then what happens when Jesus returns, those are two different things. Mm. And I think it's important for people to understand the difference because what happens when Jesus returns is going to be so amazingly, so much more, so much better. Yeah, so much more, more better. There you go. Mm-hmm. Right, you can edit that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll just leave that in, Elise. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So much better than uh, we can even imagine. Mm. You know, my wife and I were talking about this before we did our interview. She pointed out something that you just touched on. There is so much in Scripture that does talk about the Lord's return. There really isn't a lot of detail about heaven and what heaven will be like. But what do we have in the scripture? Just, you know, what are a few places, you know, in scripture that would talk about what heaven will really be like? So what we want to do is we want to, again, talk about the fact that there's two different stages of the afterlife. So let's, let's use those words. Okay. Two different stages of the afterlife. The first stage is what we would call the intermediate state. Mm-hmm. And that's the place where when Jesus is on the cross, he mm. says to the thief, today, right now, today, after our death, you will be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. Now, that word paradise actually means in the Greek, a, a beautiful walled garden. Okay. Mm. So in the, in the intermediate state, we are disembodied. 
Okay, which is why Paul talks about, you know, leaving this tent Mm -hmm. or longing to be clothed with a new body. He talks about those things. Paul talks about those things. And so in the intermediate state where we go when we die, my mother died in uh, November of Mm. this last year, and I was with her when she died. And we watched her take her last breath. And then I knew that even though her body was still there, her spirit, her inner person, her soul was with Jesus. With the Lord. In paradise. Yes. Okay. So that's beautiful. That's wonderful. Then that's where we stay, Charles. We stay there until Jesus, who is in heaven right now, returns to the earth. And that's called the second resurrection, our (laughs) resurrection, when Jesus comes to the earth and we get our bodies back. (laughs) So that, that is when he comes back to the earth and the new heavens and the, and heaven and earth are remade to be what they should have been originally without the curse of sin. And our bodies are remade, which quite frankly, I'm really looking forward to. I'm ready for it too, Elise. (laughs) You know, we're having you on just Easter was a little more than a week ago, and we've been talking about the resurrection and these resurrected bodies that will be as Jesus' resurrected body. We, we do have a little bit of scripture there that helps us out on that, too. What's it going to be like? And like you, I'm ready for that new body. I feel this body that's wasting away every day right now. Yeah. So like 1 Corinthians 15, that's, you know, that's the premier passage on the resurrection of the body. Mm-hmm. It's 1 Corinthians 15. So let me let me try to let me try to illustrate what Paul is saying there, because he says that the mortal body is like a seed and it's planted in the ground and then it's rebirthed in immortality. Mm -hmm. So here's a for instance, I like to walk at a park here in Southern California that has a lot of eucalyptus trees, very Mm -hmm. tall, beautiful trees. They're like 50 feet tall, at least. And all over the ground are these very strange looking little seed pods, okay? They're brown, they're crusty, they're weird looking. Those eucalyptus seed pods are like our bodies, Hmm. okay? So that seed pod gets planted into the ground and then grows into something amazing, majestic, strong, wonderful, And that's what we're going to be like. We are going to have bodies that will function the way they should have, the the way they were originally created to function. In the Garden of Eden. Yes, right. Just like that. So we get get our new bodies, (laughs) which Hmm. will be really great. See, sometimes I think when we think about heaven, we don't know how personal it's going to be. Okay? Mm -hmm. So... I will be Elise and Charles, you will be Charles and we'll know each other and we'll be embodied, but we'll also be better. Somehow our bodies will be what they should have been mm. before the fall. Mm. And 
that doesn't mean that we won't sleep or eat. All of those things, very uh, normal, natural um, things that we do every day, we'll still do, but we will do them the way that they were meant to be done. So sleep, Charles, listen to this. Sleep will be really, will be really restful. <laughs> you can actually lay down by that crystal river in that beautiful, beautiful grass that's going to be there. And you can lay there and sleep in safety and not have to worry about, am I sleeping too much? Am I getting enough sleep? Why am I waking up? You'll be able to do that and be totally refreshed when you wake up. Mm. Doesn't that sound great? It sounds wonderful to me. <laughs> and of course, you know, we've been, you know, looking at Jesus in the 40 days after he was resurrected before he ascended into heaven. But mm -hmm. the fact is, he cooked breakfast for the disciples. He yes. ate breakfast with them there on the Sea of Galilee. There's so much we don't know, but there is enough that we do know, isn't there, Elise? Right. I'm glad you talked about Jesus eating because it's really interesting. Jesus, uh, after the resurrection, said to the disciples when he walked into the room, do you have anything to eat? Yes. Yes. <laughs> So why did he do that? Well, first of all, because he wanted to prove that he wasn't a ghost. They thought and he was he a, a ghost. Physical body. And then when we get to heaven, I should, I, I'm going to rephrase that. When we're on the new heavens and the new earth, yes. and we have our bodies, I can't even imagine the food that's going to be there. It's mm. going to be so mm. delicious. I mean, far beyond anything that we have ever experienced, there's a part in C.S. Lewis's trilogy, the space trilogy in mm -hmm. book two in Paralandra, mm -hmm. where the where Ransom, who's the main character, eats a piece of fruit and it blows his mind because he's never eaten anything like that. That's what it's going to be like for us. And and Ransom's, Ransom thinks that's the best thing I've ever eaten. I think I'll eat more. And then he says, no, that was so good. I don't need to. Mm. Mm. See, so it'll be like that. We'll be able to eat. Listen, a couple of the things that we really love now, but they're broken and fallen is good work. I mean, isn't it satisfying to do good work? Yes. And isn't it satisfying to learn? Won't it be great if we're sitting around one day and I say to you, hey, I heard that Tolkien is going to have a class on using your imagination. Mm. Let's go and listen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not? Right? And we've got eternity to enjoy this kind of a kind of a master class in living or gardening yes. or or yes. uh, whatever it is that the Lord has inclined us to. Let me just tell people if they just joined us, you're listening to Haven today. Elise Fitzpatrick, who has written the delightful book called Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. Uh, another very well-known Christian counselor is, is, is Paul Tripp, and he wrote the foreword to your book. He compared what you've written to going camping. I really like this. And you can tell he had been camping probably when his kids were young. And after the second day in the sleeping bag uh, on the ground of the tent, 
you are really missing home. And you enjoy the camping. And he compared that to living in this life right now to what we will have in heaven. Maybe we'll have Tempur-Pedic mattresses if we go camping when we get to heaven or something. But it, it, it's not just an eternal church service, although we will be worshiping the Lord. Uh, you, you kind of followed up on that in your book, too, didn't you? That, that, you know, this earth is not all what it's cracked up to be, but it's going to be wonderful. And it's going to be the ultimate experience with the creation, with these new bodies that you mentioned. Well, you know, what's really great is heaven will be filled with worship. Mm-hmm. But we won't have to, we won't have to schedule worship times, mm. which is what we do now. Mm-hmm. We have to schedule worship now, but we won't have to schedule it then. Because let me give you another example. Okay. Let's say that you and I and our spouses were sitting around on the grass by the Crystal River, and we're talking about Jesus. And talking about what he's done for us. See, that'll be worship. And then let's say that the Lord himself walks up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we say, oh, Lord, we were just talking about you. Mm. And he says, I brought lunch. Mm. And we sit down and eat together. And that all of that, everything that's going on there, that's all going to be worship, you see. It's it's Mm. like we have to schedule worship times now, but there... Everything will be worship mm. and it will be, it'll be so glorious. So maybe, maybe I'll take a trip up to some nebula. I don't know how I'm going to get there. Am I going to just fly there? I don't know. Right. It doesn't matter, but I'm going to go look at something. I'm going to see the beauty of the na- of nature of creation that God has made and then remade. And I'm going to look at it and I'm going to say, Oh God, you are so great. Mm. That that's worship. Mm-hmm. And it's going to go on nonstop mm. all the time. Mm. And we get to meet uh, n- new people. Yes. Not just those that we knew and loved that went before us, but people we've never met. I never met Tolkien. I never met C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Uh, but just to be able to the original disciples. What was Peter really like? What was Mary Magdalene really like? We'll get to meet them as well, won't we, with our new glorified bodies? Well, let, let, let me bring up something else. It, it, it's, it's something you mention in your book. You mention a New Testament scholar. He's, he's a friend of both of ours, and, and he used to live there in Escondido, where you live. But he talked about living between these two worlds. And I also recall the late John Stott also emphasized this theme. What does it mean to live between two worlds? The world we live in now and the world to come. When I read about resurrection, living, I read about it in the present tense and not just in the future tense, in especially Paul speaking about it. Yeah, and so as believers... We are tasting. It's just tastes, but we are tasting what it is like to know every day that we are loved, that we're forgiven, that we have a hope and a future, and that we have the Holy Spirit enlivening us 
every day. And we have that so gloriously to know that we are forgiven, to know that we are counted completely righteous, to know that we are adopted and have a hope, and that the Holy Spirit indwells us and is transforming us, in, is fitting us for heaven, mm-hmm. is fitting us for, the etern- for eternity. However, all of that is true. But we still live in a sin-cursed world. Mm-hmm. And my body is continuing to degenerate. Mm-hmm. And the world around me, I mean, if this last year has taught us anything, it's that creation is broken. Mm-hmm. It's fallen. So we're living in this already, which is I already have Christ, but I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Mm-hmm. So, so I have this already which i have by faith and believe but it's not by sight Mm. so i'm living in the already and the not yet i love that word that we translate groan groaning the creation groans for the return of christ and i think our bodies are groaning as well not just the rest of creation right i mean (laughs) every time i get up (laughs) <laughs> I stand up from a chair. It's like, Ugh, it's getting worse. Too. I don't know. You know, worse. We're, we are. Our bodies are broken and fallen. And what's you know, we tend to we we don't want to hear that. You know, we want to find some magical something that's going to make nature, which is the creation, including our bodies, which is going to make it what it should have been. We won't get that. There isn't anything like that until Christ comes and remakes everything. Mm. At least one of the things that I've asked myself, I've asked theologians, uh, I've asked the Lord before in praying, how do I live today in light of what is to come? So how do I do it? I'll ask you the question I've been asking. (laughs) I'm not sure that I'm going to do any better, but I'll try. Uh, how we are to live is we are to live in hope. And what that means is, you know, Paul says at the end of 1 Corinthians 15, so then let us be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, mm. knowing that your work is not in vain. Mm. Okay. So how do we live? Paul's just written about the resurrection. And he says, okay, so now how you live is you live knowing that all of the good you're doing right now somehow isn't in vain. And that even when God comes, even when Jesus returns and remakes the heavens and the earth, that those good works are somehow going to be transferred over into the new heavens and the new earth where we will be sharing the robe of righteousness that Christ made, which which is also our own good works. And And where we are going to have, um, we're going to know how the Lord has used the work that we've done now. It's like, Sometimes we think, well, why should I work really hard right now? Because if I work hard right now, it doesn't matter. It's all going to get burnt up anyway, Mm. but Mm. it's not. 
You see, God is going to use all the good works we do now as, first of all, in hastening his coming, and secondly, in beautifying the new heavens and the new earth. So maybe we're walking through the temple, and maybe there's this, you know, and the walls are made out of these beautiful stones, and we touch something, and we see almost, I'm making this up, it's not in scripture. Right, right. We see, we see a video of some work we did that somehow built God's kingdom that has been transferred into this new place. Mm. So maybe it's something really remarkable, like going to um, going to a third world, going to Cuba or, mm -hmm. a, or a third world nation and and witnessing for souls. Or maybe it's changing a diaper. Mm. every day, even <laughs> when you're tired of doing it, in the name of the Lord. All those good works get transferred into the new heavens and the new earth. Actually, the Lord uses those to build it. Mm. I remember asking Jim Packer way before he died, and I was sitting down with him and interviewed him one day, and I said, if there was one chapter you didn't write knowing God, what would it have been? And he had actually thought of the one chapter that he should have put in. Um is there some story or something that you can think of that anything just pop into your mind that you could, you know, maybe share with us? Having a correct view of the afterlife. I think that having a correct view of the afterlife as a place of great joy and beauty and delight is like this. Let's assume that you've just been given a job to be a trash collector in New York City for a year, okay? Mm -hmm. Doesn't sound like very much fun, but mm -hmm. let's say that you've been told that at the end of that year, you're gonna get $5 million. Mm -hmm. So every day when you go and pick up filthy, stinky trash, you go pick it up, you say to yourself, yeah, this is, this is hard right now, but in X number of days, I'm going to get $5 million. And so I can keep doing it, right? Knowing and having a, and having it at, as much as we can an understanding of how great heaven's going to be, having that will fire our obedience now. It will spur us on to obedience. It will motivate us to keep going, even when it's really difficult. See, I'm not going to keep going even when it's really difficult, just because I think, you know, I got to keep on going. It's because mm -hmm. I know that something's coming. And so maybe right now I'm the trash collector. And it doesn't feel like a really great thing, but I also know that something really wonderful is coming at me. And so I can keep going. Mm, good, good. One last thing I'd like to ask you about, and you mentioned this in your book. We as Christ followers, uh, born again Christians, were made for another world. Could you just unpack that a little bit for me? Well, yes. I mean, humanity... Uh, Adam and Eve were created in the image of God to live in Eden. Mm. 
And we were made for, we were made to rule and populate and uh, work in a beautiful world that wasn't broken, a, a world without earthquakes or hurricanes or viruses or weeds. <laughs> we were made for that kind of a place, but we've been, we've been exiled. We are all of us exiles mm -hmm. out of Eden. And yes, have, has Christ opened the door for us back to the tree of life? Yes, he has, mm. but we're in the already in the not yet. We don't have it. We have it, but we don't have it in its fullness. And so I shouldn't be, I am, but I shouldn't be surprised when there is a virus that takes 555,000 American lives in a year. Mm. Mm. Because this place is broken. This isn't what it was supposed to be like. There wasn't supposed to be death. Right. Wow. Well, with that in mind, I want to say thank you. And I think we should pray. Because there's so many people, we talk to them here at the ministry, that are just struggling right now, especially in light of the pandemic. Would you lead us in prayer right now as for believers, as we get ready for each of our homegoings and these two phases you talked about? Pray for us to get it and get it right and, and share what's right with other people uh, before we are called home or Christ's return. Would you lead us in prayer? Certainly. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have um, loved us enough that you would send your Son to live a perfect life in our place and to be subject to all the brokenness in this world, in this world and then to die a substitutionary death in our place so that we could know we are forgiven for our sin and then thank you for raising him from the dead and thank you for his ascension which means that right now there is a man in heaven who is watching out for us the king the lord jesus so lord we thank you for that and we pray lord that you would give us hearts hearts that would have hope for all of those who are suffering today with loss or the fear of loss, would you grant us hearts of hope that would believe that in fact you are holding all things in your hands and that you are uh, superintending and overseeing everything and that one day, even though it doesn't seem like it now, one day we will stand with you and give you thanks. Thank you, Lord, that you have promised that you will wipe away every tear and that all sorrow and suffering and crying and loss will be gone and that a day is coming when we will have perfect peace and joy. Help us to believe, God, help us to get that and to live in the light of it, we pray every day. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Elise, as always, it's been a blessing. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Charles. 
Thank you for joining us on Great Stories with Charles Morris. I hope this conversation filled you with hope as you consider your eternal home to come in heaven as well as in the now. If you enjoyed this episode, would you please share it with your friends? And please visit our website and sign up for our weekly email that'll keep you up to date with every new episode. And don't forget to subscribe through the service you use to listen to. Links are in the show notes. And thank you once again for joining me today for Great Stories with Charles Morris. Thank you.